Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. The New Covenant. That's our topic here once again on Growing in Grace. I'm Mike, the Cap, along with Joel, the Breeze Man, and uh, we've got a lot of good stuff to get into. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, Joel, it's just amazing to me the things that we talk about and having a good time doing it. For decades in my Christian life, I didn't hear much of this stuff, and uh, we were at a, a small group study where we're also doing something similar in the book of Hebrews, and and we just kind of discuss these things, and, and we all kind of look at each other and say, why haven't I heard any of this in, in church after all these years? I mean, what is it that we've been hearing? Well, uh, we're glad you're with us here on Growing in Grace. Yeah, one common in particular, um, this I think it was this last week when we were together in our class, I can't remember the exact words, but it was yeah, it was a long line of what you're saying is that why doesn't what did he say? Why doesn't the church teach this stuff? Why don't you hear this stuff? I don't know why. I mean, I, I think as we've probably had discussions on here on the podcast and with other people, I think a lot of the church is, is performance-based. We're focused in the church on getting people to live right, getting people to live better, getting people to do uh, the right thing to turn from sin and, you know, something, you know, things that are good because everybody can use change in their life. If you're performing ungodly behavior, it's always good to turn from that. But that's not really the focus of the gospel. It's a byproduct of the gospel. Uh, you're going to find good behavior change uh, when you get to know who you are in Christ. But there are verses in the Bible that talk about behavior change, that talk about he who stole let him not steal any longer. Uh, but it seems like a lot of the church focuses on that, that that is church to people. That is what the church is about. The pastor is supposed to get up there and tell you how to live your life. And so in that, if, if that's what the preacher is looking for every week, he's going to look for all the verses that talk about behavior, and he's going to preach those verses. And he's going to totally, in many cases, it seems like they miss what the new covenant is and what the old covenant was and and why they missed that there was even a new covenant and an old covenant. They missed the fact that there's a separation between the two, that they're not the same. So I, I, you know, I don't know exactly everybody's heart, you know, why they preach what they preach, but I do know that this is sorely missing in the church. And that that's really why it's one reason why it's such a big thing on our hearts to keep on preaching and, and talking about. Yeah, uh, I know another comment that was made was something to the effect of much of what we're talking about is in many ways the opposite of what <laughs> others have heard in church throughout the years. And so, that, and that's something that uh, you have to keep working through. Not only the stuff that you've heard over the years, but you might still be hearing some of that when you go to a, a religious organization on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And and if you're hearing some of that mixture of old and new covenant and trying to call it Christianity when it's really legal entity, you know, you have to work through that too. And and that's why growing in our understanding of the gospel and in the identity of who we are in Christ 
this is an ongoing process. And um, in, in that sense, we're having our minds renewed. We're, we're gaining a greater understanding of our reality in, in him. And so there, there are some battles to fight. And it's, it's been said that the battle of identity is, is kind of a lifelong battle. But if you can win that one, all the other battles will just kind of fall by the wayside. Mm -hmm. And I think in order to win that battle, <laughs> you do need to have this foundation. I'm not saying it's all about us and what we're teaching here. So, you know, you can find this hopefully other places too. You can read, of course, the Bible for yourself and find out all this stuff. But you, you need to be, at least I need this. I need to be reminded of this stuff over and over and over again. And I know it can be hard when you're sitting in a setting in which this mixture is taught, when they're not separating the covenants, when they're teaching performance-based Christianity rather than uh, what we're talking about here, identity-based life in Christ, who we are in Christ. And, and you'll find that in the book of Hebrews. There is such a clear separation of the covenants. That's really a big part of what the book of Hebrews is about, <laughs> helping the, the Hebrews back 2,000 years ago, the Jews, helping them to understand what they had come out of and was being, like we talked about, made obsolete. And now this brand new thing, this new covenant that is not like the old. We uh, were talking beforehand, Cap. You know, that's something that we really want to stress. <laughs> the new is nothing like the old. God said it would not be like the old. It's something completely brand new. And so if we're trying to mix the two, like if we're trying to go to the old covenant to find out how to live the new covenant life, we're missing the point. We're absolutely missing it. So I don't know. With that said, maybe we can move on. Uh, we had talked uh, a lot of uh, chapter uh, eight, I think, uh, last week, talking again about that old covenant having been made obsolete in God's mind. The old covenant is obsolete. It's gone. Now, there may be people who hung on to it for a little while. There were Jews who still did the sacrifices, who still tried to follow the law for years to come. But in God's mind, with the death of Jesus, the cross of Christ, with the death of the testator, the new covenant was put into effect. And that's where we're at today in Christianity. That's what life in Christ is about. We're in this new covenant. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, just before we move on into chapter 9 of the book of Hebrews, just a couple of quick little tidbits. This was a covenant that was obtained through a ministry that was more excellent through Jesus Christ, a more excellent ministry. In the Greek, that means different. He, Jesus was the mediator of a better covenant. It was enacted upon better promises. We had a change of law from Hebrews 7 a new high priest, a change of priesthood, uh, which would be quite different from the Jewish priesthood. And then uh, here in uh, Hebrews 8, referring back to Jeremiah, God would effect a new covenant with the house of Israel, the house of Judah, not like the covenant which I made with their fathers when I took them out of Egypt. And then he went on to talk about the laws being written on their on their minds and, and, and in their hearts. And it wouldn't be the commandments from the old law, not even the Ten Commandments. It wouldn't be any of that because that was all being put away. It was being put aside. It was weak and useless. Remember all this stuff we've talked about in recent weeks on the podcast here. I mean, he just got done saying it won't be like the covenant I made with their fathers. Why would he go ahead and begin writing those same laws on our hearts? <laughs> exactly. And I know what people would think. Well, what he meant was it's going to be different because they'll be written on our hearts instead of on paper and stone. Well, no, I mean, because the, the law increased sin. 
we don't want that. You know, it, it brought a reminder of sin. It, it, it affected guilt. And so we, we don't want any of that. So this is it. You, you just mentioned it, Joel. The, the first covenant was made obsolete because the blood of Jesus Christ brought something brand new. And so at that time, the Israelites were being transferred from one thing into something entirely different. And mm-hmm. um, that leads us to uh, Hebrews chapter 9. Yeah, because you know, and, and so the, the first covenant wasn't for naught. It wasn't for nothing. It, was, it had a reason. It had a purpose. And the first few verses here of chapter 9, you know, talks about that. I don't think we need to necessarily read it word for word, but it talks about how the first covenant had ordinance of divine service and the earthly sanctuary. Talks about the lampstand, the the table, the showbread, which is called the sanctuary, the second veil, the part of the tabernacle, which is called the holiest of all or the holy of holies, golden censer, the ark of the covenant. And and it talks about uh, Aaron's rod that budded. The tablets of the covenant. Now we'll highlight that here. And above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing overshadowing the mercy seat. And even the writer here says, of these things we cannot now speak in detail. So he was probably glancing over some of this stuff because he wanted to get to his point maybe. I don't know. But um, those things had a purpose. They had a point. And like I said, we'll get back to this. Uh, some of the things that I just said there. But if I skip ahead uh, just real quickly to verse 9, it says it was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regard to the conscience. And I'll pause right there and uh, see what you had to say about all that, Cap. Um, <laughs> in, in three minutes or less, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, we're down about two or three minutes. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, you you kind of highlighted tablets of the covenant for one thing. I mean, there's a lot of things being talked about in the first uh, six verses or so here, referring back to some of that, that old covenant stuff, the Ark of the Covenant, and some descriptions of it there, Aaron's staff that, that butted the tablets of the covenant. You know, some people say, well, the, the Ten Commandments, they were written on stone, they were different. Uh, they're not part of the old covenant. They 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 are ongoing, universal, and, and will last forever. But it, it says right there they were the tablets of the covenant. <laughs> Speaking of the first covenant, which is now obsolete. So there's there's just a better way for us to live in Christ than to go back to old rules and regulations that killed us <laughs> if we had been under the law. The Jewish people were under the law, and it killed them. It brought, it, it, as Paul said, it, what I thought was going to bring me life ended up bringing me death. And so they were the tablets of the covenant were, were also put aside. Why? You know what? It's it's just it's a funny thing how it works. But when we learn how to walk in the, in the fruit of the Spirit and allow Him to to produce that through us, good things happen. So when we get get our minds off of sin consciousness, which we'll talk about in the weeks ahead and get our mind focused on a, a righteousness consciousness and allow rest in him and allow his fruit to, to be produced through us instead of us working at it. Then when you start loving people, I mean truly loving people the way God loves people, you don't have to worry about not murdering them. You know, If you're just going to live by the mantra, uh, I'm not going to murder people, and you walk around and, and that's your confession, um, <laughs> it's not going to work out. I'm just giving a crazy example here, right. but uh, the, the point is when, when we love, 
you're not going to murder. And so we, we, we live by the ministry of the spirit, not the ministry of the letter, which killed. Right. And that's the thing. That's really what this uh, first part, at least, of chapter nine of Hebrews is talking about, the, how this old covenant, all these things that it talks about here, uh, it even talks about how the, the, the high priest going into the second part of the tabernacle once a year, not without blood. So he had a blood sacrifice, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicating this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. And that's where it gets into how all of this was symbolic. Uh, and so... That's the thing. Maybe we'll pick up on that next week. Everything that was in the Old Covenant, man, it had a reason. It had a purpose. And so we're not saying that there that there was never a reason for it. However, we are saying that indeed it was made obsolete. And the reason for that was because it couldn't make anyone perfect, whether in their deeds or in regards to their conscience. And so, like you were talking about, that sin consciousness is something, it's, it's something that we're supposed to be done with. We're not supposed to be walking around with this in consciousness. And it's not because our behavior is perfect, but it's because of what Christ did. So let's uh, continue on next week with more talk about this wonderful new covenant, how we've been perfected, how we don't have to have a sin consciousness anymore, things like that. All coming up next week on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.